teaching ministry of Pastor Debbie Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. In Isaiah 53, uh, verse 4, it says, Surely He has borne our griefs, which means sicknesses, and carried our sorrows, which means pains. So surely He has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him, and by His stripes we were healed. So He, he took the, the oppression of our mind. And he took the oppression uh, that really, if you start thinking on things, there's all kind of hellish things that can come. But uh, a believer cannot be demon possessed in their spirit. You have a new spirit. Uh, You can be oppressed. In other words, he he can affect your mind and even bring things on your body. And that's why you take authority. Uh, Some sickness and disease is caused by demonic oppression. Other times it's not, but it's just sickness and disease. So just treat it the same. Amen. If uh, it's a little hot in here, y'all, that's not normally something I'm hot. So that means that you all are hot. Uh, I want to go real quickly to Matthew eight sixteen, and we'll read something here. Talking about Jesus and his healing ministry, in Matthew eight 16, I'll go ahead and read it. When evening had, now if I go too fast for you, just get the CDs, okay? When evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. So Jesus not only ministered to those who were demonically oppressed and possessed, but also to those who were sick. Uh, Again, if somebody's possessed, then they wouldn't be a Christian. Uh, And that might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Infirmities means weakness, feebleness. Sickness, disease, so whatever you're dealing with, so that can mean oppression of mine as well. All right, so we're, let's talk a little bit about binding and loosing. And understand something, don't think that you need somebody to cast the devil out of you if you're a Christian. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now, there may be, an, there may be some things that the enemy tries to come and oppress you, but in all honesty, you've got to learn to take your own authority. Amen. Uh, we can pray for you until uh, we rub the hair off your head. But the, you keep perpetuating or allowing it by talking about it. Right. And, and all kind of junk, and it will increase and increase and increase. And some people don't understand these type of things. Some psychologists, some sociologists, they just think, well, they just need a good support system. I understand all that. We do need a good support system. But we need to teach people to stop perpetuating the problem by talking, talking, talking. Demons are harassing me. Demons are doing this. Demons are doing that. We have authority over demons. Amen. Amen. Now, I'm not putting anybody down. I'm just saying, I'm reminding you uh, with boldness that that's how you have to treat it. You cannot allow these things to stay on your life uh, because they will harass you and they will increase. Amen. Y'all love me? Amen. So smile. Yeah, but the devil won't let me. Trust me, you can smile. All right. So we can lay hands on you and minister deliverance to you uh, over and over and over again. But that's just going to actually that's going to hinder you. 
because you need to take authority yourself. Eventually, you've got to take hold of it. Stop talking about it. Stop looking at it and say, I am seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, and I'm not going to yield to these things. And when we continue to yield to these things and they increase and they get worse and they get worse, then uh, unfortunately, it affects everybody around us. Okay, and we love you, uh, but we, 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 we don't need to be affected by your demonic oppression. Why are you talking about that? Because I need to. Amen? Amen. So anyway... I'm compassionate, I'm loving, I love people, I want to pull the gift of God out of them, uh, uh, but I've got to remind them, stop perpetuating the problem by constantly talking about it. All right? Now, in Matthew 18, 18, uh, we went there and it says, Whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And really that means what, uh, whatsoever you shall bind on earth has already been bound in heaven. In other words, Jesus has already provided it for you. You're just coming along and you're taking your authority. Now we can go on. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, well, it talks about down in verse 19, if any two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. So understand that you can for yourself take authority. But when you have somebody else that comes to you and says, hey, would you pray with me? Then you agree. But they need to use their faith, too. Well, what about my child? If they have not reached uh, that age of accountability, uh, sometimes a a child, you know, that has been raised in a church like this, they get to a place where they learn about healing. They understand it. And eventually they're going to have to start taking their own stand. Now, you as uh, a mom and dad, you use your authority, but you teach them how to use theirs. And then you will know in your spirit, if uh, sickness tries to get on them and the Lord starts dealing with you, you're going to have to teach them to use authority. Okay. Many people get off, and and this is what I wanted to get to. I've I've alluded to it. But many people, they try to carry everyone in their family. And really, their immediate realm of authority is their home, their household. So, uh, you know, we're traveling back and forth, ministering to Grandma and Uncle Bob and and everybody else. And the thing is, we are trying to get for them what they need to use their own authority for. And then I hear this all the time. Well, I'm believing uh, for so-and-so, Pastor Debbie. They're they're healed and whole. And I ask them, do they have a pastor? Well, no. You know, know, but I'm talking to them about it. Well, first of all, you're trying to carry them spiritually and they don't even have a pastor? Uh, it, now are they saved? <laughs> uh, if they're a baby Christian, many times you can get things for them. Now, if they're unsaved, yes, even on that, that's another level of authority to where if we believe when we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover, and we take authority over those blinders over their eyes, according to Second Corinthians chapter 4, and, and rather just pray, Lord, save them, just say, in Jesus' name, I take authority over that, so that they have light and understanding. So that's how you should pray for people that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. We talked about that last week, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. Take authority over the blinders, over their eyes, rather than say, Lord, save them. Uh, I mean, that's pretty general, right? But that's what the Lord taught Dad Hagen, and it bears out in Scripture. That we need, it, so you have a realm of authority for somebody who's not saved, but still you cannot go against their will. So, 
And then when somebody becomes saved, when they're a baby Christian, you can get things to them a certain amount, but then they will come to a place of accountability. Now, they need to have a pastor. So you may be able to get some things for them for a period, but if they choose not to, uh, many times, I mean, I've done it in my own family. I've been able to get something to somebody, you know, once or twice, uh, but, and they made a choice. They, oh, well, I asked them, have you hooked up with a pastor? Are, are you going to church? And, well, not really. Uh, but uh, I'm dealing with the sickness. Can you pray for me? And I endeavor to get as much word as I can, and God will minister to them on, on what level, you know, he, he can. But if they're being disobedient, it's going to hinder them. So don't try to carry everybody. But I love grandma. Well, I love my grandma too, okay? But I can't carry her through everything. Now, I was able to pray for my grandma. She lived in our home. And uh, I was only 19, 20 years old when I went to Bible school. And I would come home and, 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 and she would ask me to pray for her. And I was able to get some things for her. Now, mind you, she grew up in the days of healing. And, you know, her, her husband was a pastor and they were ministers. But they just did not. And he even ministered healing, but it was mainly by the gifts of the Spirit. He didn't understand uh, faith that much. Or uh, so I hear So she didn't, and grandma would say, oh, God, please give me a new hip. Give me a new hip. And she would say different things like that. Well, she's speaking that constantly. Now, I'm not the person that's supposed to correct her. I'm not the holy corrector, and she's my elder, right? So I didn't say anything. But there were times when she was dealing with symptoms of sickness, uh, such as flu or what have you, and say, Debbie, you know, pray for me. And I would, at that early age, and I would be able to get some things, but over the years, as she asked me to, I wasn't able to get it for her any longer. So understand, don't drain yourself by trying to carry everybody. And it's not fair to yourself. It's not fair to your family. It's not fair to those who are in your immediate control. If you're giving, expending all of your energy for everybody else. It's not even fair to your church and the departments of your church. If you're not using your faith for the local church and you're out there trying to carry everybody else, aren't we supposed to reach out? Aren't we supposed to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover? Yes, you are, but use wisdom with it. And don't try to carry people that are not hooked up with the local pastor. You can agree with them, but they need to use their faith. And then it's not going to drain you. Does that make sense? Amen. Because we need your faith here. And your family needs your faith. So don't drain it trying to carry everybody else and then come crying to us when it's not. And and unfortunately, many times uh, people have left the local churches because, and and you try to warn them, we've even here, you try to warn them, uh, don't expend yourself, and they're missing Sundays over and over, traveling long distance to minister. And I understand sometimes you have responsibilities, but you've got to use wisdom. You've got to use wisdom. Well, they don't want to move here. If they don't want to move here and you're telling them, God has sent me here, I will take care of you, come here. If they don't want to do that, then uh, they're going to have to pay the consequences. Well, that's hard, Pastor Debbie. Look, I've got to live my life. I've got to be obedient to God. You want, you want help from me, then come here and get it. And, all right. Well, that's hard, Pastor Debbie. And go visit them on Thursday and Friday, not every Sunday. Well, I have to work. 
Well, don't be missing church. Well, anyway, I said I wasn't going to get off the beaten path. So that's the authority for the lost. Talked about that a little bit. Uh, We also talked about we need to demand uh, our rights and privileges in John 14, 13, and 14. uh, Dad Hagen brings out, uh, well, the, the scripture says, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, I will do. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. So we know that we are supposed to, actually, the, the Greek rendering of that uh, goes more with the demand. So demand your rights and privileges. Yes. Call for, require, demand, use your authority in what? In Jesus' name. Jesus' name is your badge of authority. Amen. So we know that we uh, can, can just at any time, at any place, use our authority for ourselves. Provided we're on the right atmosphere or we're uh, putting ourselves in the right atmosphere. Uh, we'll talk about that maybe a, a little bit more here. But also, Dad Hagen goes to John sixteen twenty three, and it talks about asking in prayer. Now, we still have rights and privileges, but when we go to the Father, and, and in that day you shall ask me nothing, John sixteen twenty three. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it hitherto. Have ye asked nothing in my name? Ask, and ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. So uh, we can demand our rights and privileges in the name of Jesus, or we go to the Father and we ask in the name of Jesus. We don't demand the Father, right? That's dishonoring. <laughs> But we can demand in Jesus' name, or we can go to the Father and pray in Jesus' name. Right? Or ask. So just understand the difference between the two, but you're getting the same results. So in Mark eleven twenty two, uh, on down through 24, you can speak to that mountain. You can claim your rights and privileges, or you can uh, go to the Father and ask him, and also believe that you receive. You believe that you receive whether you speak to that thing and claim your promises, or you go and ask. Faith takes hold and brings it to itself and speaks it. Thanks God for it, talks about it, doesn't talk about everything the devil's doing in their life. Amen. You know, a good pastor is going to not be passive with you. A good pastor is going to tell you, be bold. Or else, you know, not only will the devil run over you, but the world will run over you. So if it's all right, sometimes I may have to get bold if it's not too bad. Because I'm accountable to be a steward. I have to get bold with myself. I have to kick myself in the behind uh, now and then. I don't need your help, okay? (laughs) Watch it. See that look on his face like, oh, man. (laughs) So we need to use our faith in every arena, in sickness, uh, demonic oppression, what have you. Uh, Jesus redeemed us on the cross. Are you awake? Amen. Well, lift your heads up and smile. I mean, you know, you you don't have the whole service, but... But some of you, you know, are dripped over like this. I'm not going to be able to help you. Act like you want to receive it. Amen. I'm glad you're here, but act like you want to receive it. Amen. Just keep on coming back. Keep on coming back. Keep on coming back. Uh, but it'd be behoove you to stir yourself up. 
All right. So faith, Dad Hagen has said, faith is involved in exercising spiritual authority. Yes, there are times when evil spirits come out immediately, but if they don't, uh, when you speak the word of faith, don't get disturbed about it. And he gave an illustration about a lady that the Lord dealt with him. Now listen to this. The Lord dealt with him by a word of knowledge to speak to a demonic spirit in this lady's life. And then for a couple days, actually, she was getting worse. And that thing was kind of, that demonic spirit was uh, uh, doing some things and acting up. But he knew that even in Jesus' ministry that happened. But Jesus just, uh, he spoke the word and then he expected it to happen. So that's what we need to do. Now understand that when you're dealing with demonic oppression, for somebody else, even sickness and disease, for somebody else that is not under your realm of authority, you can't just take authority over that demonic spirit, or you can't just uh, get healing and health for them. You've got to have a witness of the spirit. Uh, With the children in the HCD, I tell them when they're here on our property, we can lay hands on them and get healing for them, or even if we see them acting up. And yes, yeah, sometimes demonic spirits are on these kids, yeah. and they start acting up, and we use our authority. Now we don't say to them, "Now shut up in the name of Jesus." Yeah. <laughs> I've been tempted to. Now, if they start acting up and really uh, were severely oppressed, I would because I've done, had to do that before with yeah. individuals. Had to do it recently, praise the Lord. Uh, but anyway, so in other words, I don't allow the enemy to manifest in my presence. As long as it's in my realm of authority, in this church building, in the Harvest Christian Daycare and Learning Center building, in our home. I mean, if I have to go down to the grocery store, that's my realm of authority. That's where I'm standing. But uh, Dad Hagen gave an illustration of when they, uh, when Kenneth Hagen Jr., his son, was younger, they went and visited the Mormon temple. And then a seizure came on Ken Jr. That hadn't happened before. And and Dad Hagen's like, Lord, because he tried to tell it to go and it wouldn't. Lord, what's going on here? Why did this come on him? Because you're in somebody else's realm of authority where demonic activity is. Uh, Now, so he was able to get it off Ken Jr., but they had to leave immediately. Stay in your realm of authority. And watch out where you go. Watch out what you uh, listen to, what you look at on TV, or things will get into your home and on your life. Amen. Amen. Pastor Jay has shared stories about that. Praise the Lord. So, uh, faith is involved. We have to stand our ground. Smith Wigglesworth often said, I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm moved only by what I believe. And if the Lord gives you a witness of the spirit or a word of knowledge that you can take authority over something in somebody else's life, you can do it. Now, there's a realm of authority as pastors and even people that help us in pastoral care uh, that we have for individuals that we can get certain things for them if sickness and disease comes on them, even in their home or or what have you. There's a realm of authority we have. They don't have to just come to the church building. Uh, but then at the same time, if we've taught them the word of God and they know about faith and they should have been feeding on it and they haven't, uh, many times those things, uh, we're not able to help them. In other words, they're trying to get faith when they, when they have plenty of opportunity to, right? And just being lazy in their faith. And uh, many times I can carry people to a certain extent, uh, 
but they have to use their faith. And usually what it's a prayer of agreement with them. And now we minister the healing anointing, which isn't prayer, but it's ministering the anointing. I have an endowment on my life. So does pastor to do that. And some of uh, them that help us, they can minister to the sick with that healing anointing. You can also pray for people and lay hands on them in, in the name of Jesus, just the prayer of faith. But there's a difference between ministering the anointing, which is not prayer, and then also praying in the name of Jesus over that person, laying hands as a point of contact that person, all right? Uh, But the person needs to use their faith, and if they're a new believer, many times we can get things for them. So when somebody tells me someone's in the hospital, I will search my heart. For instance, we have a situation taking place right now uh, where somebody is in the hospital and has went through some uh, pretty severe things. I won't go into the details right now. But uh, we're using our faith, and I'm pleading their case because they are an elderly person. But I'm what I'm saying is, Lord, they're they're giving. There's a lot of just like remember Dorcas uh, and and Peter was was it Peter that pled her case? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But she was a giver, and she used to make clothes for people, and she gave offerings and and that type of thing. Well, when you're doing something for your local church. And for the body of Christ, and not when you're a maverick out there on your own, but when you're doing something and you have a pastor that has spiritual authority uh, in your life, then many times uh, they can plead your case. And I'm able to plead this person's case and say, Lord, I don't want to see him go that way. And I talked to Pastor Jay about it. He said, I, I did the same thing. I don't want to see him go this way, Lord. Amen. They may be 89 years old, but, we, you know, he has a girlfriend. And he's got a, Uh, So we're standing in faith. We're standing in faith. Amen. So we need to stand our ground, even if it is for somebody else or for ourselves. but we need a witness of the Spirit, or we need to have a certain amount of authority uh, in the situation. So don't try to carry everybody. Amen. Understand, uh, Dad Hagen says, believers have authority over the devil. They can break the power of the devil if he raises his head anywhere in their own life or the lives of their immediate family or loved ones. You can make the devil desist in some of his maneuvers in somebody else's life, but you can't always cast him out because you don't have authority in the household. That's one place we've missed it. Now, many times we will uh, plead the blood of Jesus. Have you ever heard somebody pray that way? And I want you to understand what we're doing. So I want you to turn to uh, Revelation. I know we're going quick here. Revelation 12, verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the dead, to the death. Many times you'll hear people say, I plead the blood of Jesus. What they're saying is, I've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I've received his death, burial, and resurrection. And it talks about the blood speaks of a better covenant. So the blood literally on the mercy seat, the Father sees the blood talking on my behalf. Now, I don't have time to go into all that. Well, how does the blood talk? Well, just figure it out. But the blood is a witness And I can use the name of Jesus and remind the devil that I'm covered by Jesus' blood. 
So don't get all weird about that, but we can plead the blood of Jesus. And it says, so we, he, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. In other words, they spoke what they believed. They spoke their expectancy based on the scriptures. So, so many times on a daily basis, I will say, I plead the blood of Jesus over this church. I plead the blood of Jesus over the buildings of this church, over the properties, over the Harvest Christian Daycare and Learning Center. I plead the blood of Jesus over our personal lives. Now, what I don't do is start saying, now I rebuke sickness that, that tries to get into this church. I, I, you know, if somebody comes in the room and, they're, room and they're dealing with flu, when they leave, I don't say, well, I rebuke flu coming yeah. on me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, why not, Pastor Debbie? Because that's just an open door for the enemy to bring things on you through fear. Okay? So that's a, when you, and many people talk this way, and I used to too. Well, I rebuke that. You don't need to. Rebuke the thoughts. Just say, I'm kept by the blood. The blood of Jesus has kept me. I'm kept by the power of God. The angels of God are working. In other words, speak your faith. But you don't have to go around rebuking everything that you're not even dealing with. Now, if there's something specifically coming against you, then deal with it. I mean, do you go to the bank and tell the banker, I need $50,000? Well, you don't have any in here. Oh, okay. And then you go home. Well, you don't deal with things that, they, that you don't have. Well, anyway, that wasn't, a good re, that wasn't a good illustration. But we need to stop rebuking things and start rebuking the thoughts. The enemy will bring a thought, so-and-so came in here and now the flu is going to get on you. Well, devil, I just rebuked that thought. Shut up. I'm protected by the blood of Jesus. Now you can go to Daily Healing Bread by Pastor Nancy Dufresne. We have it in our uh, bookstore. But on Lesson 14, it talks about these very things. And it's about three or four pages long. uh, Page 29, Lesson 14. Uh, And and it talks about this. And I learned not to, to do that. That's just perpetuate something through fear. Right. It just calls it to myself. So stop rebuking everything and and taking authority over the bush and everything else. And and just thank God you're protected. And the Lord has reminded me, plead the blood of Jesus on a daily basis. And what what I'm doing when I say I plead the blood of Jesus, I am reminding the devil that the blood of Jesus is over our property, is over our belongings, is over our personal lives, is over the daycares, over everything. Amen. But I'm not going around rebuking things that aren't even coming against me yet. But he will accommodate you. Now, Pastor Debbie, but some, uh, I did that. I pled the blood of Jesus and then uh, something happened. Well, there could be a cause to that. There could be a reason. There could be uh, an open door somewhere. Uh, but don't always go try to dig. Just pray, Lord, I need understanding. I need light. But the enemy will come and he will try to challenge you. And at times he will bring symptoms. He will bring things. And if you're not saying anything... He will come in unannounced, brute force, and he will mess things up. Now, we've got to, if that happens, we better eventually, you know, get some help from somebody else and be restored. What have you, use your faith, get that thing out of your life, and, and then let's not let it happen again. 
all of us have had that. So sometimes there are causes, or sometimes it's just a matter of we weren't, uh, we, we weren't standing in faith, uh, we weren't speaking our faith, and, and the enemy just knocked the door in because he didn't hear anything. What do you mean? We've got to be daily using our faith. Amen? Does that make sense? When we're dealing with baby Christians, Dad Hagen said, I explained that when they were first saved, they were baby Christians, and God permitted others to pray for them and carry them on their faith. But after a while, God expects that baby to grow, walk, and start doing things for himself. God puts the baby down and tells him to walk, but many won't. Too many people still want to be babies and have someone else pray for them all the time. Uh, We want to help those who can't help themselves. But we need to teach people so they can grow and use their own authority because the time will come when they will have to use their own authority if they want their prayers answered. Now, wouldn't it be strange if you had a 20-year-old son come in and say, Mom, can you feed me? Well, the church has got to stop trying to feed everybody. We feed with the word of God, but that person needs to take it and put the fork up and eat it and put it in their mouth and use their own authority. Yeah, but it says carry one another's burdens. It also says a few lines under that, carry your own. In other words, get mature to the place where you can use your own authority. The primary place the church is supposed to uh, uh, be for people is not the local Department of Human Services doing everything. It's not a socialistic network. But it is to feed people the word of God and teach them to fish. When you teach people to fish, then they can fish. But when you're always giving them fish... I use this word a lot, but you're perpetuating the problem. And then we are accountable for what we do not teach people. And then we can't complain if they come needing help because we haven't taught them right. So Dad Hagen said an example of yielding to the spirit in prayer for his family. He gave an illustration. Somehow I knew in my spirit that somebody was in physical danger. Notice the wording there. I knew in my spirit. In other words, he had a word of knowledge. Didn't know who, but he knew somebody uh, was in physical danger. And I began to pray in tongues. I asked the Lord what was wrong, and he showed me it had had to do with my older brother. Now, I'm going to stop there and say that if you have a knowing about something or a sense of danger, you don't just rebuke everything. You yield to the spirit. There's a difference between thoughts that the enemy brings to you to bring fear against your head and then what the spirit of God is saying and there's alarm in your spirit. So you may need to pray for somebody or the Holy Ghost may be alarming you in your spirit not to get in that car or not to go to that place uh, or, or, you know, not to get on that plane or what have you. We we just had a situation recently where the last three flights of mine, uh, different situations going into Denver had problems. And Pastor Jay said, I have a witness that there's something wrong on that plane. I don't want you flying that route anymore. So what did I do? Well, I just changed my ticket. I told Christine, change it. Well, did you lose money? I don't care. I changed my ticket. And we've learned here recently that we better be obedient. Amen. Amen. Because we don't want y'all coming to my memorial service, right? For being stupid. Now I'm talking about me, all right? So moving right along. So anyway, uh, so I... 
do in my spirit that somebody was in physical danger and I began to pray in tongues. I asked the Lord what was wrong and he showed me it had to do with my older brother. I knew his life was in danger. Finally, I had a note of victory and I began to sing very quietly in other tongues. He had a note of victory, so he was just thanking God for it and that's faith. Then I went back to sleep. Dub didn't know how to touch the Lord for himself because he was just a baby Christian. Sometimes those of us who are older in the Lord have to help baby Christians. The time will come in their lives, however, when they will have to know how to do some things for themselves. So what happened is a manifestation or a word of knowledge to help a young person in the Lord. So, and I've gotten this many times with younger people in the Lord, and sometimes a manifestation for even those uh, that are committed or faithful. Uh, But honestly, the more mature somebody is in the Lord, the less I get things for them. Now, I know by the Spirit of God, if they're getting off in areas, that I I may have to warn them or or what have you, but uh, I can't just carry them. So notice, that's why that word came. And also, you may be in a place of, you may be in the grocery store, you may be around family or what have you, you get a word of knowledge, or you get a a gift of the Spirit, you know something about somebody who may not even be a Christian. Well, really, uh, the gifts of the Spirit are a dinner bell. They're to to, uh, reach people. You can lay hands on the sick. If you know, if how much more it will minister to somebody if you go up to them and say, you know, the Lord's dealt with me that you're dealing with some sickness and disease. Oh, really? Yeah, and even more specifically, this is what you're dealing with. And then you lay hands on him, and God heals him. It's like, where's your church? I want to know more about your Jesus. You can lead him to the Lord. I mean, don't just bring him to church and let us do everything. Lead him to the Lord, get him filled with the Holy Ghost, what have you. Uh, But, you know, if they're not filled yet, bring them on. Praise the Lord, and get them involved in a local church. Well, that was all free. So other people's will comes into play. And Dad Hagen says, although we have authority over demon spirits, we do not have authority over our fellow men or their wills. We miss it a lot of times in thinking that we do. We have authority over demons and we can control them as far as our lives or our family's lives are concerned. But we can't always control them when other people are concerned because a person's will comes into play. Can't go around promiscuously exercising authority over the devil uh, for somebody else. You've got authority over your own life with your own family. And and I just put uh, down there, unless family know uh, too much or are accountable. And then it goes on. But you can't cast the devil out of everybody you meet on the street, even if they do have the devil in them, because they have authority over their own lives. When people want help, that's another matter. Now, I will preface by saying this. When people want help, yes, but if they keep perpetuating the problem, I can't help them. They keep talking about, I can't help them. Uh, Must have the manifestation of the Spirit. So this is a real important key. Listen up here. Let me point, Dad Hagen says, let me point something out to you here. You don't just exercise spiritual authority on behalf of other people per se. You've got to have the manifestation of the Spirit of God. That's why many are failing. They're trying to deal with spirits without the word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, or any unction of the Holy Ghost. Acts 16, 16 through 18, uh, the girl possessed with the spirit of divination. 
Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, distressed or grieved, turned and said to the spirit. Basically, Jesus taught Dad Hagen that Paul waited until he had a manifestation of the Spirit to take authority over that Spirit. So even when somebody doesn't know Jesus and they have a demonic spirit, doesn't mean you're supposed to be taking authority over everybody on the street or over the devil. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her in that very hour the Spirit came out. And we've all heard that story, but if you haven't, again, you can... Acts 16, 16 through 18. Now, direction from Jesus, and we see this in I Believe in Visions, but Dad Hagen said, when Jesus once talked to me about the devil, demons, and demon possession, he used as an example the girl possessed with the spirit of divination, the one we just read. Going back to what he said, Jesus said he had to wait for the manifestation of the spirit. He had to wait until the spirit of God gave him discerning of spirits. You see, you can run the devil away from you or your house any time. If a person is on your premises, you also have authority over him. But when you get away from where your domain is, the evil spirits have a right to be there because Satan is the God of this world. Now, I will say this. Yes, you have to take scriptures in light of scriptures and also things that Dad Hagen said in light of other things he said, too. What he's saying, he, he gives an illustration of a pastor that's staying at his house and he's uh, diabetic and he's registering sugar. And he wanted to teach that pastor that he had authority. So he, Dad Hagen took authority over that. And, and as long as that pastor was around him, that uh, he wouldn't register sugar anymore. And he ate cake and pie and whatever. That doesn't mean we're just supposed to eat junk food all the time. But then when he went home, he started, it came back. And he didn't know how to keep it. And it took about five years for him to learn his own authority and using his faith. And then finally, he was completely healed of that thing. Dad Hagen was was trying to teach him that he had authority. Now, understand that if somebody comes to your house and there's a cause for that thing, uh, not that they just aren't using their faith, but for some reason they're in disobedience or it's because of how they're eating or what have you, then you're not going to be able, even if they're in your home, your church, whatever, to just get for anybody. So we have to take things in light of the scripture and and understand that a a pastor minister may make one statement, but then they preface it over here. So understand he gives that illustration, but you can't get things for everyone if they're in disobedience. And that happens many times here in the church. People will come forward. Well, I thought this was your realm of, of authority. Uh, well, I can't, uh, if, if you're not walking in love, if you're not walking in the light, if you're not, it may just be that God's expecting you to use your own faith. There can be a hundred different things. I'm just a delivery person. So hook up with your faith, take it home and thank God for it. Amen. Uh, controlling sickness in our surroundings, and this is something that I wrote out, When we are keeping fed spiritually uh, and built up in the word of God, 
and we are praying in the Holy Spirit, then we will be able to control the atmosphere around us. An example would be the atmosphere of SOFFC, which carries a strong anointing to minister to the sick and to keep demonic influence from hindering in any way. Also, on the daycare side, we keep a peaceful atmosphere of health and healing. Therefore, we minister to and lay hands on the children, and sickness, disease, and oppression will leave. We also carry an atmosphere where the babies and the children are not acting out and crying for long periods. Now, sometimes babies just cry. They may need their milk. They may need their diaper changed. Or, you know, they're a baby, so we don't need to get weird about it. Well, you're not supposed to be crying. Shut up. Yeah. Um, just use wisdom. But there are times when just in our spirit we know, okay, there's too much crying going on around here. The enemy's trying to stir some things up uh, through these children, and we take authority over that. And I don't necessarily go in the rooms and take it. I just say it right there, Katie or Kimberly or, or even the person in the class, just, they're just under their breath. In Jesus' name, I take authority uh, over uh, the enemy affecting these kids. Now stop it in Jesus' name. That's all you do. You don't have to yell around, well, in Jesus' name, y'all need to shut up. Okay? You might be getting fired. (laughs) Keep it simple. Moving on, what I was, uh, what I wrote out here. We keep an atmosphere of peace and healing by our faith. However, we cannot control the atmosphere of the parents' guardians at their own home, and therefore, we will need to yield to prayer and help pray for these children and their home atmospheres, and even take authority over demonic influence as we have unction or a manifestation of the word of knowledge or the discerning of spirits in prayer. We don't try to make these things happen, though, but if we do get that while we're praying for somebody, you cannot make a word of knowledge or a manifestation of the Spirit happen. So we don't try to to make these things happen. Stay clothed with the Word. Uh, Dad Hagen says, we're going to be closing with this. Sometimes believers say uh, they will try something because it has worked for someone else. If they study God's word and clothe themselves in its teaching on authority, it will work for them. But if they try to act on God's word without really having that word built up in their spirit, the devil will defeat them soundly. You'll only defeat the devil when you've got a foundation of God's word and you act upon it. The, the Bible says, speaking of Satan, whom resists steadfast in the faith, 1 Peter 5, 9. Your level of faith is directly related to the degree of God's word dwelling in your heart. Did you hear that? Your level of faith is directly proportional to the degree of God's word dwelling in your heart. That is the word which is reality to you and which you are daily walking. And I'll add this, that's why you're here, to hear the word and to act on it. When people are in a place where faith is high, uh, where there's a mass faith or where the gifts of the spirit are in operation, it's comparatively easy for them to receive healing. That is what happens in big meetings. I saw it happen in the well-known evangelist meetings during the days of the healing revival, which was from 1947 to 58. However, when these people get back on their own, the devil comes along with lying symptoms. The people don't have a foundation of faith in them, and the devil puts the same thing back on them. Now, at that time, if you've gone to a meeting and you got complete deliverance and you went home and it came back on you, then you just have to use your authority, tell the devil, no, you don't. Get out of here. I call my body healed. I receive. Amen.
If you would like more information about Pastor Debbie Eberly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147 or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.